Please, you deserve this. Since these ones arrived, this territory has been an endless stream of mercenaries seeking reward and bringing destruction. Then why did you guide me? They do not belong here. Those that live here come to seek peace. There will be no peace until they're gone. Then why do you help? I have never met a Mandalorian. I've only read the stories. If they are true, you will make quick work of it. Then there will again be peace. I have spoken. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of wampus lair podcast this is episode number 358 the mandalorian has spoken i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and with me the mandalorian and the asset to my the client we have carl leclerc and katie horn Ooh, i want to be the asset yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so impersonal <laughs> Uh, can I just... I'm a hot piece of assets. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just going to be Chad Kroger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I. Uh, that's what I was going to say, Carl. Oh my gosh, I feel like I've been far away for far too long. <laughs> oh, Katie, you never want to be too far away for too long. Um, <laughs> it's been too long, too late. Uh, <laughs> Who was I to make you wait? I'm sorry. Uh, I I love that this is when we all got together tonight on Skype. Katie immediately jumped to Nickelback and talking about Far Away and oh. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Just, oh. No, don't be sorry. Don't be we, sorry. We miss one week with Katie, and exactly. we just generate into Nickelback. The first thing that happens. Exactly. That's that song summarizes how I feel after being gone for one week. Just uh, <laughs> me and Chad Kroger. <laughs> oh, he understands you. He does. He understands all of us. He you know, gets us. I bet you the Mandalorian loves Nickelback. No doubt about it. Like that's his go-to jams. As, as soon as he got off the razor crest, and you know, well, as soon as he froze that guy in carbonite, and you know, he's shut up now. He can finally blast his tunes, which is basically yes. just Nickelback remixes all day on the razor crest. Yes, so, of course, um, that is. Yeah, obviously, man. I I I'm so excited to talk about the premiere of The Mandalorian. That episode was fantastic. So just off the top, though, I think it's important to say spoilers ahead. Um, yeah, I, we are not guarding anything from this first episode. So if you've not yet watched Chapter One of The Mandalorian, um, come back and listen to the episode after you've watched because 
you've been warned. We are going to talk about anything and everything that was in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But before we get there, uh, Carl, we had uh, another uh, iTunes review that we wanted to read, correct? We, yes, yes. Uh, people have been incredibly uh, generous as of late with, with writing some new reviews, which, again, are super, super helpful for the show. Um, so this um, this review comes in from Professor Mike, which I believe – is a, a Boston-based Star Wars listener, uh, Wampusler listener, which I'm very excited about. And um, Mike says, with all the great Star Wars podcasts out there, this one truly stands out. The conversation, banter, insights, knowledge, love of Star Wars and family that Carl, Jason, and Katie have shine in every episode. They are the spark that will light the fire. The connections that they make across the saga still blow my mind. They've broadened my fandom by sharing content from David W. Collins' soundtrack analysis and mythos discussions from the podcast and Larian's like Ion Cannon Greg. Keep up the amazing work, guys. May the first be with you. So even my buddy Greg gets a shout out in this <laughs> yeah. iTunes review. Um, so, Mike, thank you so much. That is an incredibly kind and thoughtful yeah. uh, words about the show. Um, so thank you. Thank you so very much for for saying all of that and i look forward to meeting you soon <laughs> so um yes yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very that's very kind and, and honestly you know the connections that we make on this show blow me away every week so you know i'm just glad i'm just glad that you know the things that we say are as impactful to everybody else as they are to us as we sit here and go whoa what did we just come up with so <laughs> 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 but yeah um, so. yeah so and obviously you know i always I, I love that we get to read these at the top of the show and we have a new one um obviously with this being an episode about mandalorian with its premiere today um i'm well aware that we may have some new listeners today so uh hopefully we didn't come across as too self-grandizing there to start the show oh um, no but uh, i didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah, i know so so uh if you are new just know uh, we're always so so um humbled by the folks that take the time to write these reviews in the iTunes store um so we really want to give them the uh the credit that they deserve for taking the time so thank you um good mike for that very kind um uh review um so on to other things before we hop into chapter one of Mandalorian. Of course, we had a poll, which is very pertinent to, to, to tonight's episode, where we asked all of you which character you were most excited to see explored in the Mandalorian. Um, and Jason, as always, we have some very diverse and wonderful responses to this. Yes. This is a very interesting poll because about half of our responses came before the uh, the show aired, and the second half came after it aired uh, midnight last night. You know, So uh, it's going to – kind of an interesting, fun mix here. So um, in sixth place with, with uh, one vote each, we have um, – Oh my gosh, I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, what's his name? Grief Karga, uh, played by Carl Weathers. Uh, we've got a gonk droid. <laughs> um, Boba Fett, who I don't think is actually in this, but someone thinks he is, so <laughs> awesome. Um, the Razor, <laughs> The Razor Crest ship, which we all know who that is. 
Yep, my Ben, fr- my friend Ben. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason Sindula, who I think is another speculated character that'll be in here, um, he would be like seven or eight, I think. So I'm not sure that's going to happen. But anyways, um, Fennec Shand, I think is how it's pronounced, um, and that's the character played by Ming Na Wen, uh, and the Blurgs also got a vote. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, the, little, those are the mounts like, yep, for anybody the, who like mini, oh, like, like the mini guys almost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which are from um, Ewoks: The Battle for Endor movie. So yeah, that's, that's so valid. Original, <laughs> yeah, originally. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, in fifth place with two votes, we have uh, the Purple Twi'lek, who, as far as I know, we still don't have a name for. Uh, and then uh, the asset, which could also be noted as Baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> we so, said spoilers. Right. We yep. said it. We, we said, said it. it. Not we, sorry. we said spoilers. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big one there, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, Sorry, what? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. In, in uh, fourth place with three votes, including mine, we have The Client, played by uh, Werner Herzog. I'm very curious to see who this this imperial is. Um, you you in, know who he is. He's the client from that famous John Grisham book. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Absolutely, Sorry. Carl. Um, in third place with seven votes, including Katie's uh, IG-11. Yes. <laughs> in second place with eight votes. This is what surprised me, ladies and gentlemen. Second place with eight votes is the Mandalorian himself. First place with 10 votes, a character we've not seen yet, Cara Dune. Yeah, my lady. Yeah, played by uh, Gina Carano. So that one, that one's got the most votes so far in our poll. So I'm very interested to see um, who who she is and what she's about as well. But that, that, honestly, that surprised me, I think, more than anything uh, with our poll was that the Mandalorian wasn't first. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 I... But it's kind of cool that I kind of like that he's not, <laughs> you know, because uh, I think it shows that we've been we've already just seen glimpses of characters uh, that we just we really want to see explored. So I, I think it's cool that, you know, I mean, to be fair, obviously, my, my vote did land with the Mandalorian. Um, I'm just I'm just a simp- I'm just a simplistic person who loves the story of the hero. So <laughs> yeah, or yeah. maybe anti-hero, whatever he might become. But, you know, so yeah. for me, it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I like he's the one that I'm most intrigued by, but I really like that there are already people because like that's Star Wars, right? Like it's Star Wars to like fall in love with even little side characters that we just get glimpses of. Um, so it's kind of cool that he's not the first. I mean, granted, Cara, Cara Dune is probably going to be a massively important character to the story. Um, but, you know, I'm curious when we'll meet her. Um, my guess, yeah. Is, yeah. my guess is next next episode. Um, oh, I hope so. I hope so. they'll make us wait. That'd be awful. <laughs> yeah. Which, which for anybody curious, next episode is this Friday. Uh, and then each following episode will be released on Friday, uh, starting next week. So, um, but yeah, so we're getting two episodes this week and then one episode a week uh, until we have all eight episodes released. So. That's, oh, that's so exciting. It's really only eight episodes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I knew that, but just like, I don't know, hearing it again just makes me go like, wow, it's, that's not much. But then again, I kind of, I don't like it when shows, you know, just go on and on and don't end. I think eight is probably really good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just tell the story and be done. And season two is already in production. So. Oh gosh, of course it is. (laughs) Cause you know, it's never going to end. Nothing ever ends. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Watchmen lately, and I'm just like, yeah, nothing, nothing ever ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that's all we've got uh, to get to before we jump into the episode itself. Well, just just a heads up at the end of the episode, Katie has given us an incredibly awesome matchup. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yes. pretty jazzed to announce that at the end of the show. And again, like I, I just want to say this really quick. Cause again, I, I want to be mindful of the fact that um, we may have some new folks listening to the show in light of Mandalorian. And I kind of hope that we do um, in case you're wondering what text a matchup. So something that we do here in the Wampus layer um, every other week is we either do a poll where we ask people a question and obviously you weigh in on it or we do a matchup where we take characters that have not actually fought in the star wars universe and pit them against one another so we have a matchup like that at the end of the episode with two characters who have never met but what would happen if they did and fought so we would um, win in a fight yes yes Um, i love i love it because it always makes me feel like 12 again you know like (laughs) on the playground like come on who'd win a fight (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um, I mean, it's it goes all the way back to when you know we first started the show, and I have such a deep love and appreciation for the old uh, PlayStation game Masters of Terracasi, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, just the ability to like do a Mortal Kombat version of Star Wars was so cool. And I remember saying to Jason years ago, I mean, this was eight years ago, Jason, like, wouldn't this be a fun episode where we just pitted some fun characters against each other? And Jason said, wouldn't it be a better idea if we did that as a segment each week? I was like, yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, but, um, oh gosh, guys, the Mandalorian, let me just start with this. Let me ask you this question just to start before we get into some of the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Where were your expectations going into it? And I I don't care if they were high, low or somewhere in between, but where were your expectations at? And how do you, how did you feel after finishing that first episode? You know, insofar as expectations, um, Katie, what about you? I know, I, I, I know that for you, I don't think you were as excited about it as some of the other things coming out from Disney. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so just curious kind of for you where you're standing with all that. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I wasn't like terribly excited about the Mandalorian. Uh, you know, I'm I'm super hyped for Raylo, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like out of all the Star Wars content coming out, I, I have my sights laser focused on episode nine. So the Mandalorian was just kind of accessory to me. Honestly, I could take it or leave it. But after seeing one episode, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Show me where we're going. I'm excited. I wouldn't say that I'm like completely hyped. You know, Um, I'm still... I don't know. I still feel like I need a little more. Like, where, where are we going with this? But I am definitely intrigued and way more bought in than I was before. Yeah, it did not like it. It could have gone really wrong. You know what I mean? Like it could. Yeah, it could have gone really wrong. And I could have been all like, eh, this just is not the show for me. But that didn't happen. I'm actually really into it. So, yeah. What about uh, what what about Jason? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I was excited because of, of what we were getting from the trailer. Uh, you know, more excited than I thought I would be, uh, you know, initially even after the announcement. So um, after watching it, I'm like, okay, okay, they're playing a slow burn here. And it's got me intrigued. Uh, you know, I was ready for a fun adventure, but this has got me like, this has got like my, I don't know, uh, what's the force equivalent of spidey senses tingling? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, this has got like me going, ooh, what is this? What What is this really going to be? Because it's, it's more than just a, a fun romp through space. You know, they're setting a lot of interesting things up and, and I am very intrigued there are layers to what this is and it is it is taking its time very deliberately Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and when a show is confident enough in itself to take its time especially the way that this first episode did i expected something to be like bam 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 you know fast-paced action 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 the whole way through with you know the 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 story getting thrown at us right from the get-go. But no, no, this is this is taking its time. It's building. It, there's a lot of, of, of foundational work being laid here, and it's taking its time. And it knows it's taking its time, but it, it's got a, a, a fuse to it that has yet to really been set off, even mm-hmm. though we got a great action bit at the end of the, the episode, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I'm very intrigued to see where this show goes because it knows it's more than what it's than what it's been showing to everybody. But I don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And it's got me very intrigued. It's 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 hooked me as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I I had um I was excited. I, you know, when I even asked, obviously, the two of you, what were your expectations? You know, in in some ways, like we're living in a Star Wars world where expectations can sometimes be our our worst enemy. Um, okay. And uh, so I tried to keep my expectations in check, even though everything I saw excited me. Um, and this goes back to you know back in Celebration Chicago. You know, I was fortunate enough to to get in on that panel, and I was with my friend Ben and his son. And we got to see, you know, that we got to see much of that clip where he first meets with Werner Herzog's character. The, the what's he? The client is that his name? Yeah, the client. That's yeah. all that they are calling him I so far. Him. So we got to see the majority of that scene um, at uh, Celebration um, Chicago back in April, and super super jazzed about it. Um, and everything I've seen since has just made me more excited. And just watching that episode, like, I, I mean, I was watching it by myself, except for my two, like my two cats were on my lap and I love them both and they're perfect. Um, but as I'm watching it, I, like several times, I just kind of kept saying out loud, I'm like, damn, this is awesome. And like, I just kept loving it more and more and more. And I will say like the kind of the, the, the top of the episode, I felt like it was, it was very like. There was a lot of fan service in there, and I and I don't mean that in a disparaging mm. way. I think you know, for some folks, like fan service is said with kind of this you know disparaging uh, quip to it. Um, but I but I mean that genuinely. Like I do feel that there was some fan service, right? We get a gong droid, we get the the droid that comes out with the eye socket from Return of the Jedi. Like we get a <laughs> lot of this stuff that tells us, hey, this is Star Wars, and. J- 
like, and I, I liked it, but there almost got to the point where I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I know it's Star Wars. And then it just stopped, and all of a sudden it became its own thing. It became its mm-hmm. own story, which to me was like, man, this was perfect. It was like this perfect blend of honoring what's come before and then saying, like, we're, this is our own story. This is going to be its own story now, right? Um, so, and granted, like, this is coming off of a 40-minute episode, but... Um, that's what I really liked about it is I, I, it felt so rooted in the DNA of Star Wars. And yet, you know, halfway through the episode, it did become its own thing. Um, so I really liked that. Yeah, no, it was it was really, really cool. Um, and honestly, you know, while as much as, you know, I'm I'm in love with not in love, but really fascinated by Werner Herzog's character, the client, um, when I realized that this show was taking a direction I didn't expect was when he left that meeting and went down to the Mando underground and yes, the forge. That was cool. Yes. That was really cool. Yeah. 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 What did you like about it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, honestly, the, the, the idea that I get is that it's, you know, it's sort of secretive because mm-hmm. he kind of looks over his shoulder before he goes inside and then it's, you know, down these stairs and a bunch of dark tunnels and everything. And I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, is this just a it's like a, almost a refugee camp for Mandalorian. But everyone's a Mandalorian. You mm-hmm. know, they've all got the helmets and everything. Um, I think I saw some helmets that were, you know, vaguely um, uh, the the owl design from um, uh, Bo-Katan's group. You know, they, they kind of looked vaguely like that. Um, I'd have to go back and take a look. Uh, yeah. I'm not very well versed in Mando. Um, but hey, Boba. then, yeah, what? You did so heat. Um, <laughs> that's probably more Hutties than anything. But, anyways, um, <laughs> but then the Forge, the Forge. Oh, yeah. And gentlemen. That was so cool. Yeah. The, the Forge Master, I, you know, I don't think she's having some name yet. But she had a ridiculously awesome helmet. I know, yeah. it's like the little horn. Yeah. Ah! And, you know, and it it, it the, looked like a Spartan helmet. You know, the oh, the visor yes. looked like a Spartan helmet. It was so awesome. Yeah. That's like, and uh, uh, do you, I'm just gonna literally jump off your back off of that, Jason, because that's exactly what I loved about that moment so much too. Is, um, you know, we we saw that we saw a picture of that of the forging Mandalorian um, before the show even started. And, you know, I, I saw people speculating like, Oh, I bet you this is like a flashback to the old days of Mandalore. It's like something from the old Republic or early old Republic. I mm, mean, you know, how Star Wars fans are. And I was just like, whatever, it just looks cool. Like I'm excited to see what it is. Um, and I love what it is. I love that. It's that it's uh, it's its own thing. It's not that, um, but it is, you know, like there's something ancient and mythical about these Mandalorians. And, I love, like you said, Jason, that because that's the first thing I thought too. Is it looks it looks like it's from Sparta, and right we know again from <laughs> our history, like Sparta was a warrior culture, right? Like people grew up and served. That was what gave you value was your ability to be a warrior and to fight. So, and we know from both Legends canon and even what's been implied through the Clone Wars episodes that. The, the old cultural history of Mandalore is one of a warrior culture. So, so again, mm-hmm. like that's to me like such cool Star Wars of like giving an homage to 
touching something from actual human history, but making it something Star Wars, right? So like you see that forger and you think of this ancient Spartan race, this culture of warriors, and that's exactly what the Mandalorians are. They're this warrior culture. Um, I mean, before the days of, um, oh my gosh, why am I blank? Satine's days, you know? Um, mm, yeah. But uh, like, yeah, it was so cool because it immediately made me feel like, I was connected to something ancient about these Mandalorians and so cool that it is like this refuge. Um, so here's a question for you too. Do you think that all of these Mandalorians here, which by the way, we get a cool term too, the, the foundlings, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Referring to obviously people that are found and, uh, and like brought and, into, you know, the Mando culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously the Mandalorian himself, impl- you know, I was a foundling, you know, right. And mm-hmm. it's kind of cool too, because like the Beskar he brings that's then forged into this, um, uh, what's it? Pauldron. Pauldron. Thank you. Yep. There's obviously going to be a little bit of leftover Beskar and she implies that it can be used towards another foundling. And, and he willingly gives that up, like offers that up. You know, I was a foundling. I want to help other foundlings. So, mm-hmm. Do you think then the way that they claim it with a name like that final is do you think that all the folks in this this refugee – I don't want to call it a refugee camp. I don't know if it's that. But this this tribe, do you think that they are all Mandalorians by blood or do you think any of them could just be I want to be Mandalorian? What do you what do you two think? What are you thinking about that? Um, I, I think it's probably, you know, like 50-50, something like that. I don't I don't think he would have said I was a foundling if she was also a foundling, you know what I mean? He Mm. probably would have said we, we were all foundlings once or something like that. You know, I, that's That's, just the feeling I get from how the scene's written. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, it, it, it does seem to me like this is probably a, a 50, 50 or, you know, 60, 40, Mm -hmm. uh, in favor of true Mando to foundling, but it, it is a ragtag, group is what it looks like because everyone mm-hmm. you know obviously we kind of have the idea from other sources is that mandalorians very often will customize their own armor but everyone's got like all these slightly different variations and designs and everything like that it, it, it looks a bit ragtag and obviously they're you know it's underground so it, it gives the impression that it's you know not necessarily uh nest- legit maybe i don't know if that's the word i'm looking for but it it does have the appearance of being ragtag and i i would think that you know the the makeup of the group is a ragtag mix of of true and foundling yeah yeah i i do like this idea that they seem to be playing with i don't know if they're interested in flushing it out but it's certainly in there this idea of heritage Mm. Is, is certainly being played with in the show. I really liked the scene where the old cowboy, whose name I can't remember, the one who has spoken. Uh, <laughs> Do you guys oh, remember his name? Uh, it, uh, it, 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 it's uh, hold on. Oh, got Jason's it. Uh, got it. Jason's got uh, it. Quill, I think is Quill? how it's pronounced. Yeah. Okay. A U I I L for okay. those who are wondering. I'll call him Quill. I was really intrigued when uh, the Mandalorian couldn't ride the Blurg, you know, yes. couldn't tame it. Yes. And then Quill said, "What? You're you're Mandalorian. Your ancestors rode the great Mythosaur, which uh, that's an awesome name. Yeah, I, I want to be a Mythosaur. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I, I want think one. that's I think that's what Boba Fett rides in the holiday special. Oh my oh, god, the comic. dinosaur! Oh yeah. my god, I think that's what that oh. is. I, oh no, 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 
No, the mythosaur is the is the skull. That's the Mando, the the Mando uh, symbol. That's the that's the mythosaur. Is the skull I'm, symbol? Yes, Hold you on. are right. It is. Um, they are a they are a species from Mandalore. The mythosaurus. Oh yeah, it's just a big beast. I don't know if it is. Uh, let's see. Do do do. Um, <laughs> sorry, Roy, I love this. this. Time. Um, the Google. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to the Google. The Wikipedia. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't yeah, know that no, it the, is. The, 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 no, it's fine. the mythosaur skull is the the Mandalorian yes, it symbol. Is. The skull of the mythosaur became the symbol of the Mandalore. Ah, so, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, we're all learning here in the Wampus Lair today. Yes. We're all going to school. <laughs> yeah. That's the <gasps> mythosaur. That's awesome. So, okay, so so that makes sense now. That's yeah. why it's the Mando symbol. Yeah, no, your ancestors rode the great mythosaur. That's awesome. I just like I I was intrigued by how that seemed to reach him, you know, because he obviously I don't want to say obviously, but there is something that lingers in him of like, you know, his parents, he feels that lost, you know, like he flashes back to his parents at least twice Mm -hmm. in this episode. And the fact that he's a foundling, you know, we can assume that, that he never saw his parents again after that. And, and and he's not actually a Mandalorian, you know, by blood. And so his ancestors technically wouldn't have ridden the great mythosaur, but, but it still reaches him because he has been, you know, found and adopted well, me, by the Mando well, that's, culture. That's kind so, of the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been adopted into this culture, so they, they are his ancestors. You know, the Force. I don't right. think the Force cares about blood. You know what I mean? Right. I think, yeah, they, they are his spiritual ancestors. They. This but, is what he's been taught. This is what he knows. And if they could do it, he can do it. And now you know? how do we know yeah. that he's not Mandalorian? Just because, yeah. right? Like that, point there's taken. nothing there to say that he's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so who knows? They could be right. Like the, so I, I didn't know. Right. We saw in the clips of that particular flashback um, from some of the footage we've gotten before the show premiered that obviously there's, you know, the battle, the, the, the separatist battleships, there's clone um, um, super battle droids. Um, I didn't see those in any of the clips there. I feel like we're going to revisit this flashback um, yeah. more pronounced. But there's no reason to say because we know the state of Mandalore during the Clone Wars, right? We we have that we have that history. There's no reason to think that maybe this is these there's like a diaspora during that period, right? Of people mm-hmm. displeased with the way Mandalore was going. The diaspora that may be affected by Maul's rising on Mandalore, which we haven't gotten right. the full that fullness of that story yet until February. So who mm-hmm. knows what you know? Who's to say that he's not Mandalorian? There could have been some sort of diaspora that caused kind of this you know this emigration out of off of mandalore by certain mandalorians yeah. so who knows that he's not mandalorian by blood um i don't think there's anything there to to say one way or the other um the thing i love about the flashbacks one is how it is just coupled with um this moment like where he's he's trying to fit in right he mm-hmm. he wants to be full Mandalorian, and in, in the episode even begins with the bullies who are taunting him. Is that even Beskar armor? And he slashes it, which to me implies that it's probably not like the way it's easily marked up like that. Like I feel like a knife couldn't do that to Beskar. I don't know. I could mm. be wrong. Um, but then as it's being you know as Pauldron's being molded, um, and the way the music swells in that moment too when she places it on him. This is him becoming who he thinks he wants to be or who he thinks he's supposed to be, right? Which yeah. to me is like, that's like 
Like that's the stuff I love in Star Wars is this idea of characters yes. finding themselves. Yeah. And he's trying mm-hmm. to find himself within within his own quote unquote tribe, right? Um so like this is a, a scene of becoming for him that's also augmented with what he lost. Um and, and I just I love the way that, that plays together. And it also immediately made me th- thought, think of the beginning of Rogue One with Jin having to go into hiding. And she's a she's a victim of what she loses. Right. So mm-hmm. like this is a theme we've seen, you know, in a recent Star Wars story. So I, I, I like that theme being revisited. And I, I texted a tiny bit before we were recording tonight with, with our friend uh, Jim Urso, um, Jim. <laughs> and of course, like Jim was like, oh, yeah, definitely. It's Jin. And I was like, all right, if it, if, it, if it goes by the the Jin expert, like I can I can ride with it. So, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really, really cool, powerful scene of of trying to come into one's own and um how and you know what a common theme in star wars 2 of people assuming they know what they're supposed to be right like kylo Mm -hmm. ren is a character very much like that trying to figure out what he thinks he's supposed to be han solo is that character in the movie solo like fighting against that the good guy that he is right so there's always characters who think that what they're doing is what they're supposed to be, even if it's not. And and I'm not obviously we've had one episode, but uh, right. the, there's clearly something very simply stated in that scene of this is the Mandalorian among Mandalorians trying to become a full Mandalorian. You know? So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, it's 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 a very intriguing thing, and obviously we're going to get more into it, ooh. but like. And what? also, real quick, just thinking of like how that even connects with like Darth Vader, you know, in the story of Anakin. Anakin, as he loses limbs, well, granted, he really only loses one, but you know, as he starts to become more machine than man, right? He becomes less and less vulnerable. He becomes less and less of the good guy. He he tries to mm-hmm. cover himself up. You know, he he literally becomes a walking coffin in Revenge of the Sith. Here you have the Mandalorian who he wants better armor. He's this is obviously a character who's very much trying to be solitary. He was trying to, um, you know, isolate himself. And, and I like that the, the way that's even played out in the episode. Uh, I love it at the beginning with the, the first bounty he has. I don't know the character's name. Um, the, the blue gill guy. And, you know, as he, he's just rattling off these questions at the Mandalorian when they're on the ship and he's just <laughs> ignoring him. And the thing that immediately made me think of was uh, those royal guards in England, right? The the guys with the big puffy hats and the red uniforms. I can't I can't remember the actual names of those British guards, um, but right, like it's it's like a thing when you're in London that you like yell at them and you like get up in their face because they don't react. Um, and that's just what I was thinking of as the Mandalorian is basically just ignoring this guy. And what it tells me, what it told me in that moment about his character, though, is that this is a guy who does have a strong sense of discipline. Right. Like there he, he's a very disciplined individual. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I even like those little moments. Yeah. No, I mean, he's someone who doesn't speak very much and lets his appearance speak for him. Um, but the question is, what's really going on underneath that helmet? And I think we're going to begin to find out, um, you know, throughout these episodes who's really under the helmet, who's really behind that visor. Uh, because right now it's, it is just the Mandalorian, uh, even to us, you know, um, there's no, no details. Yeah. And 
I'm very intrigued by by who's who's under there because, well, Pedro Pascal. Perhaps we should just. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> yes, but it's not that much of a mystery, Jason. In, in story, <laughs> Carl. Dear Lord. Suspend um, your disbelief, Carl. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Carl, you're a fool. Yes. You, Carl, you're a fool. Can um, we talk about IG-11? Can we, please? Yes. Go I'm for begging. it, Katie. <laughs> go Stop. for it. Shift those hips, Katie. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First serious, though. Just He just shows up walking like that, just turning all around like crazy, just the way he moves. I, I have a problem, okay? I have a problem. <laughs> Uh, I just like, I've always been very attracted to movement. I just, I always have, you know, the way, and when things move in odd or, or different unexpected ways, I find that very intriguing and very attractive. You know, I mean, you can see that with like Darth Maul, you know, just the way he does all those like backflips and stuff, you know, mm, yeah. like he moves in ways that, you know, you have to train to like get up there. This is all my very long way of saying I am very attracted to a droid. For very specific reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious me. You guys, I really like this droid. I really like his uh, his you know rapport with the Mandalorian, how they established that rapport very quickly. Um, I don't know. I was very intrigued by their relationship. And I guess maybe the point is that we were supposed to like be really excited to see these guys get along. But then he gets shot in the head. So is that is that over? Was it supposed to be like a ooh look? They could have been friends, but the Mandalorian killed him. Or or is he coming back? What do you guys? What do you think? I mean, it, we've seen R two get blasted by a Tie Fighter and be put back together. So um, I, I it would not surprise me if oh. Uh, sorry, I just I'm watching this episode uh, with the subtitles on and it on mute, and he literally just did his thing where the legs like spun completely around as he took a step towards the Mandalorian. <laughs> Such a weird and fascinating movement on that droid. But you're right. Anyways, um, <laughs> I know. And so, I, and so um, it wouldn't surprise me if they put him back together, and especially if uh, you know when. He finds out what the asset is and maybe decides that he doesn't want to do what he was hired to do with it. I don't know. He might, you know, put the droid back together for additional security, additional, uh, you know, guns to get it back or to figure out what to do with this. I don't know. I, I could see that getting put back together, but it could also be something where we just get, you know, IG 11 B shows up, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, IG-88 was supposed to have had four versions of himself in the, uh, the Legends uh, continuity, so, you know, who knows? I yeah. hope he's still alive. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, with the way that they've marketed it, and it's also, you know, he's being voiced by... Um, uh, Taika Ta- Ta- Waititi? Yeah, Taika Waititi. I, like, they're not going to bring him in for an episode. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems okay, okay. I guess they could. I mean, he's also a director. But, yeah, I really think that either either the Mandalorian specifically will reprogram IG-11 and fix him up or Quill will. <laughs> oh. Um, ah. Right? That's like, cool. I could, I could see either one of them doing it. So I don't think that this is going to be our only IG-11 exposure. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, and I, I sincerely hope not, too. Like, I'd be really bummed if that's all we get to yeah. see. Yeah, they had such good banter, and I liked yes. that it was different because, honestly, I've gotten a little tired of, you know, here's our straight-laced human pilot. Not straight-laced, but, you know, here's our, our the straight man, you know, mm-hmm. the straight, the, ev- the everyman. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and the sarcastic droid, you know, the, the Cassian and K2, Lando and, and L3. You know what I mean? I've got... Uh-huh gotten a little tired of that and i thought that this was different it, it was you know they they rub up against each other kind of the wrong way and yet you know they they fall into step very easily which i i, I don't know i thought that was so intriguing yeah and, beginning and then, self-destruct countdown i was like no, no, no stop it Just wait. <laughs> please please let me have two minutes <laughs> <laughs> just stop. it's like it's oh. like i've known you i've known you for two minutes now and you've tried to self-destruct three times can you just, <laughs> just hang on <laughs> goodness gosh okay um i was gonna say uh i um i was very confused i don't know maybe i just missed something maybe you guys can help me out okay guys help me out here uh so the mandalorian gets this commission right and it's and uh dr perishing that you know, the one guy working for the client, he's very adamant that he wants the asset alive. You know, when, when it's all like, well, if you bring in the asset dead, we'll give you a reduced, you know, rate. And, uh, and Dr. Perishing's like, well, wait, wait, what? No, he, he wants it alive. So I thought the whole point was that we really want the baby Yoda alive. Mm-hmm. But then IG 11 comes in and is like, no, they were quite specific. They want it dead. But I thought they were working for the same people. I thought they're both parts of the guild, what what's going on there what i'm confused well i think they're both parts of the guild okay. but they may I, my reading of the situation is that they may not have been hired by the same person yeah that's that's okay. yeah that's what i'm gathering as well is that they had different employers yeah How supposed to split the commission then if they have different employers you know mm. what i mean i, I mean they don't necessarily who, they know don't necessarily know that you know yeah, yeah. right okay. they they both show up um, but they've got different, you know, goals with with the the asset, the baby Yoda. Um, you know you what can't... they've been told, and and you know they may not know, they may not realize that somebody else is after the same thing until you know they take it back if they do. You know, but they uh, they were like, let's split, let's split the bounty. How do you split the bounty? Because you can't turn it into both sets of clients, right? You know, you can, I guess they would have talked about it later and been like, well, this person's offering more, so we'll give it to them and split that bounty. I don't know. Why would you only take half a bounty when you could get the whole bounty giving it to someone? I don't know. I don't know. But that's the thing is that, you know, they probably assume they're working for the same person, but until they actually like start leaving and Mm -hmm. to go back and collect, that's Mm -hmm. probably when they would have been like, wait, where are you going? Who sure. are you taking it to? You know, that's probably when that would have happened. Is my guess. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, let, let, let's talk about this. It's a baby Yoda. Yeah. How <laughs> how many of you, so by show of hands, believe this is force sensitive? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't say. I can't say yeah. that I care. Yeah. Whether I, or not. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I mean, um, but but else, why else would Doctor Pershing want this for experiment? You know, experiments. It could just the be only just other two rare species. I, that's I what mean, I was the thinking only, too. Yeah, I mean, true. But the only two other species members of the species that we've seen were on the freaking Jedi Council. Sure. 
Okay. All right. So mean that they all are. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I no, understand. I, but, yeah. you know, it, I just it, – they very well could be. Um, the thing I liked about it though is – and I got this as I watched through the second time. And obviously, I mean it's, it's, it's implied there at the end when the, the thing opens up and you hear Mandalorian say, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's supposed to be 50 years old. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that, ver- that, that the client <laughs> says that earlier when he's hiring the Mando that it's a f- mm-hmm. you know, he's 50 years old. And I love that IG-11 points out that you know, every species ages differently. And mm-hmm. of course, I'm sorry, I'm going to sidetrack for a second, but it made me think of Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, and <laughs> the idea that like Chewbacca, even though he's 190 years old, maybe he's a little bit immature, though. You know, and it's not to say like I'm not. It's not a way of like shaming. I love Chewbacca, but he does have like a bit of a um, brash recklessness of like kind of like a you know kind of like a teenager in some ways. The way he yeah. you know he pouts and crank, gets cranky and stuff, and um, it just oh of, he has to win. He has to win like a stupid board game, yeah. or he'll rip your arms off. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like it's something very right. very juvenile. So I don't. Know, it made me immediately made me think of like Chewbacca and like. You know, maybe, you know, at 190 years old, Chewbacca is basically like a 17-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if yeah. these things can live to be 800 years old, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's I mean, right? That's what we do with dogs all the time. Like, oh, my dog turned six today, but it's really like 37 or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. do the yeah. quick math. And, you know, so I, I liked that that, that that kind of – because it just immediately made me think of Chewbacca as well. So um, Nice. But, yeah, no, it's – I will like I, I stayed off of like social media today until I was able to watch it because I I really wanted to try to I, I woke up early today and I kind of wanted to try to watch it before work. But the app wasn't working great this morning, which I understand. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, the heck with it. I'll watch it when I get home. And, and I'm glad that I that I made the time to wait, too, because I like I got to sit down, really enjoy it, really savor it and then not have to run off to work. Um, and, uh, you know, I. Uh, I just um, I had a friend though, um, you know, messaged me and, and just said like, just heads up, the ending is awesome and it's it's a huge shocker and and I'm like I'm fine with that because it just like that made me so amped for what's going to happen at the end and it is not what I expected at all. Like, no, not, you know, really. I, I just I had all these, I guess, just different expectations, um, and uh, like that just totally threw me through a loop, um, and I thought it was awesome. Um, I mean, the the all the buzz coming out about it, even ahead of time, was that there would be a, a big shock in this first episode, and I was waiting for it the whole time. And then, like, freaking Baby Yoda shows up in the last two seconds, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is this mm-hmm. was unexpected, yeah, you know, um, you know, and and I mean, cute as hell, right? Right? Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the final shot where he's like reaching his finger out towards the baby and the little hand starts coming up and reaching for him and they just, you know, iris out there. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, that's a great picture. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I it, it was a shock, not because it was necessarily, um, outrageous or, or, you know, uh, a, a you know a big reveal of of something or someone that we should recognize, but it was just like it seemed to come out of nowhere with what we had already gotten uh, from the series. 
you know, from the from the the, the episode. You know, it was just like, oh, there were you know three dozen goons guarding a baby carriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and and at least an ex imperial and his you know pet doctor are after it. Um, Oh, and I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays the doctor, but he plays a great, like, weird, creepy, you know, stooge. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Pershing? Yeah, Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Yeah. Guy who, uh, Omid, I'm, I've got the uh, IMDb up. It's Omid uh, Abtahi. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but but yeah, he. I've seen him in uh, some, something else. I don't remember what. But he plays a great, you know kind of weird creepy guy so i'm i don't want him getting his hands on this baby yoda um i thought it was cool that he he, you know like that he has the science outfit on that like galen urso's people have in rogue one (gasps) right i thought that was really cool like there's that science division of the empire and also really quick while we're in that that scene with those you know former imperials um i also really like that I love the look of the stormtroopers actually in that scene. And the thing I like oh, about them is, yeah. you know, they're very dirty. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you two noticed this, but they look really like malnourished to me. Like even though they're yeah. in armor, they look skinny, like extra skinny or something. Gaunt. If, yeah. yeah. Like as if, I mean, they really are like, they have really fallen from their glory days, right? Like they are not pristine and clean. They are, you know, like these these twinkie little, you know, <laughs> little stormtroopers that really aren't threatening at all. They need to drink their milk. They <laughs> they did not drink their milk. <laughs> no, they they didn't. Uh, you know, the client has all of that. Um, he seems to be living just fine. Uh, stormtroopers, not so much. So <laughs> yeah, this is how many years after Return of the Jedi? I believe it's. Three to five? I don't recall exactly. Yeah, something like that. It hasn't. Oh, what I'm getting at is that it hasn't been yeah. that long. Yeah, after no. Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do they? Do they, have they given us that hard number? I feel like they have. They have, and I don't remember where. I'm looking for it right now. I don't know why, yeah. but I wanted to say eight years, but I'm probably confusing that with Kenobi's supposed to be eight years after Revenge of the Sith. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah I don't think it's been that long, and so you know you can still kind of feel the empire, but they're definitely like waning is the thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're literally starving. (laughs) Yeah, I I, because you know we look at the first order and okay, here we go. Five years after the fall of the empire. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was somewhere around there. Uh, but, you know, so it's in the sequel trilogy, it's really easy to, like, look at the First Order and kind of feel like the Empire never left. Mm. But that's not – this series is reminding me that that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Where the Empire did leave and, you know, if this is if this is the best the Empire can do is these, you know, like, really dirty stormtroopers hiding in a basement, then, yeah, people are going to feel like the Empire is just an evil that – you know, it's gone. It's not even relevant anymore. You know, like, and, that, and then yeah. that's why the first order is able to be such a shock, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and even like, even right at the top of the episode, right. When the Mando mm-hmm. brings his, his money to uh, what's Carl Weathers character's name. 
I don't remember. Uh, it is Grief Karga. Okay, it is. Okay, so, okay, Grief Karga. That's a great name, by the way. I know. It's very Star Wars. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he, he his initial payment is in Imperial script, and he's like, this is no good. And, and yeah. he even says, oh, no, like, it's still taken. He goes, I don't know if you've heard, but the Empire's gone or something, right? Like, he yeah. makes it pretty mm-hmm. blatant, like, the Empire's a thing of the past, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Republic credits are no good out here. I need something <laughs> yeah. more real. More real. <laughs> yeah, I, right? Then <laughs> he gives him cal- calamari something or another, and it's well, like... script, yeah. Yeah, it's like wet and goopy a little bit, and I'm like, yeah. of course the Mon Cala uh, folks have like you know wet money it's <laughs> yeah uh oh boy i uh, i was going to say something oh i was going to circle back to baby yoda and carl talking about how surprised he was mm. and i'm all like funny you should say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because like here's the thing i kind of i don't I saw this coming a while ago for no other reason than because I've seen a lot of Westerns. Just like I've seen a lot of Westerns, okay? Like a lot of Western movies, Um, which is basically what happens when you marry a guy who is just like obsessed with old samurai movies and old ninja movies and old kung fu movies. Like I've just, I saw, I've seen things I never thought I would see until I met my beloved, who's just, so wonderful just i'll go off about that honestly um <laughs> and so well it all started with the matrix basically mm. and it's just like oh if you like the matrix you'll like all these old kung fu movies and if you like all these old kung fu movies you'll like these old samurai movies and by the way what's the difference between a samurai movie and a western there is none like i don't know <laughs> if you guys know this but all the old westerns are just a lot of old westerns were just copies of old samurai movies yeah like yeah where they were like oh white american audiences won't watch old samurai movies so if you just take those same plots those same characters recast them as cowboys instead of samurai you know just yeah exactly so um which is like the most Dave Filoni thing in the world, by the way. It does not surprise me at all that Dave Filoni would have this like love for old cowboy movies, old westerns, you know, mm-hmm. and old samurai movies. Well, especially because um, when uh, Twin Sons came out, you know, that episode of Rebels, you know, with Maul and Kenobi finally facing off, Dave Filoni just could not shut up about the fact that he loves the movie Seven Samurai. Yeah, and that he based the final Kenobi and Maul scene off of off of yeah one of the most famous scenes in Seven Samurai, um, which is the inspiration mm-hmm. behind the Magnificent Seven Western. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, when when I saw the Mandalorian and I saw that it had this like Western feel, I was like. Mm, I'm pretty sure what they're doing with the Mandalorian is Lone Wolf and Cub, which if you know anything at all about samurai movies, you're very familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub. It's one of the most popular stories in old Japanese media. It, it's it's um, started as a manga series and it sold like 8 million copies back in the 70s, which is, just, you know what I mean? That's like, that's insane. And yeah. it's been made into like several adaptations, several movies, and it's about a a an assassin for hire, you know, um, looking after his young three year old son. He's on on the road, you know, just like the Mandalorian, taking whatever jobs he can, 
you know, for killing for for a price. Yeah. And, and looking after this young child. And I don't know why when I first got wind of the Mandalorian, I was like, oh, it's Lone Wolf and Cub. He's going to be looking after a little kid. And I remember my beloved was just all like, why, why that's not anywhere in the marketing. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel it. I could just feel it in my waters. I just, I just knew. I just like. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> Lone Wolf has found his cub. Exactly. I, I have a feeling that little baby Yoda is going to be sticking around for a while. It's going to be more than just a one episode kind of thing. I, I, cause how do you make a tough character like that? instantly sympathetic well yeah. you give them a kid to look after yes you know what i mean because you automatically root for that person no matter how awful they are right you know that's the thing in like lone wolf and cub it's just all like well this guy's like just killing people left and right but he's got a baby strapped to his back so you're rooting for him no matter what because you want him to protect this child you know that's so right cool. what a great point. yeah yeah and even in that yeah. last shot you know the wide angle shot of him and he the way he like kind of like Gucci goos with his little finger yeah, right? yeah. to it. Like there exactly. is something, you know, there is something like oddly affectionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, oh, I'm so glad you told us about that. I mean, you were messaging us about it earlier and we were just like, wait, save it for the show. We want to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. That's so cool. Um, um, but can I just like piggyback off that point though, Kitty, about, you know, him mm-hmm. being a sympathetic character because that there's one other part of the show though, that makes me, think of him there is a a little bit more humility to him than i would have expected in the first episode and that comes when he's attacked by the by the blurgs um like he's he's about to die <laughs> like like he's in trouble yeah. <laughs> like they get the best of him and then in comes quill and saves him and he says thank you um and <laughs> and then he you know he's humbled again by his initial inability to ride the blurg and Aww. and then we see him trying to pay quill like to thank him for his help and he won't take Mm -hmm. the money so like there is these even just those little flashes you know i was expecting especially just in episode one like nothing but the tough guy you know the you know the brazen the brazen i can't use words here clearly um but you know just kind (laughs) of like the tough guy and yet we get these little moments of him not being so tough um and i really like that um and even like, and I feel like I thought we were gonna get that right at the top of the episode when he comes in, and and like breaks up the bullies. And you know, I always, I I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not a fan of violence, but I always love it in a good story when the bullies get their asses kicked. Like that's what they deserve. <laughs> so yeah. so like, I love that these guys. They don't seem to be other bounty hunters, right? They're literally like they're interested in cutting his body up and selling it for parts. Like I mean, they're right, pretty right. they're pretty terrible bullies. So when the Mandalorian just kind of beats the crap out of him i'm like yeah that's awesome but then it's like yup i got a bounty on you though like so immediately i was like wow like that's so nice of yeah. him he, he cares about the little guy it's like no he doesn't no he really <laughs> no, no he doesn't care nope. no. I, uh, he's got a job was, to do carl right yeah. <laughs> try not to upset him <laughs> oh my goodness it was that was that was a fun scene and he did more than just you know beat him up it like the the quarren is uh he's in two pieces now that's that was impressive and disgusting all at the same time yeah well and real quick too all of the i feel like pretty much all the footage barring a few things that we've seen so far are from this episode which i actually kind of like you know i mean obviously cara dune stuff she's not been introduced yet um but that's kind of it you know except in like random shots of 
you know, speeder bikes. But pretty much any sort of substantial stuff we've seen from the footage, you know, trailers and pre-release footage was from this episode, which is kind of cool because it's like, yeah, it just it's like 80 percent of the stuff is from yeah, this episode. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Um, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about sorry, we're talking about things that like endear us towards this main character and yeah. remind us that he's like actually human under there and we're rooting for him. What I really liked was when he tamed the Blurg. Mm. Um, well, because, you know, at first he just tries to, like, control it. You know, he just jumps up on its back and, you know, it, and it, you know, it bucks him. It tosses him off. But then, like, you know, calming it and, you know, approaching it carefully, that's, you know, what, what makes the Blurg like, okay, you can, you can ride me. It reminded me of, you know, symbiotes. <laughs> Life yes. forms living together, mutual advantage, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, that's Star Wars, you guys. I don't know. I love it when Star Wars reminds me that it's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in like a, you know, oh, hey, look, we have dudes frozen in carbonite. You remember that from Star Wars, right? No, I, I like it when it reminds me that its themes, its core essence is Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's. I love that point. And, and, you know, it made me think of Anakin with the reek and attack of the clones. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. The way he does, but even, you know, there's something when Kanan's training Ezra, something with, I think the loath cats or something. And he's right. The episode mm. where he's trying to teach Ezra how to connect to something. Um, so yeah, like, oh, but gosh, I just love that perfect analogy, Katie of it's rather than control. It's about harmony. You know? Harmony, yeah, living yeah. together for yes. mutual advantage. You know, yes. like, thank yeah. you, Qui Gon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Thank you, Qui Gon, for teaching us everything we needed to know. We just weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one. Is... Sorry, Can... go ahead. Oh well, I was just going to say just another little uh, Mando and Quill moment because I I loved every second that Quill was on the screen. Um, and the reason yes. I love Quill is because, again, it's it's just – he's a very archetypal character of uh, a guide. I don't want to say mentor because he's not really a mentor. Not yet anyway. Maybe he'll become one. Um, but he is the guide, right? He's the one who's aiding our character in his quest right off the bat um, and does seem to pres- possess some sense of wisdom. I mean, right? We're all going to be saying I have spoken. <laughs> like, Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> – that's like that's the that's the phrase of a wise man um, or a wise person, right? Like yeah. there is just that quip to him. But with the scene, like, and I can't wait for more of these scenes. I feel like we're getting a lot of them because these are these are like Carl Leclerc's favorite moments of Star Wars, which like they equate to balcony scenes. I hope we'll get a balcony scene. I'm praying. <gasps> um, but Please. like, but the scene of them just like sitting in his hut, you know, and and having communion together in the sense of just talking and. You know, uh, it honestly reminded me a lot. Again, like there is – it reminded me of um, the battle for Endor, Ewoks, the battle of Endor. I don't remember the character's name who wears glasses. It's the guy from the diabetes commercials. Um, but <laughs> when he like allows Wicket and uh, – oh gosh, what is the main character's name in the Ewok movies? The girl, the little girl. Do you two know? People are screaming at us right now. Sila, Sila, I don't know, something with a C. Anyway, but like the way he welcomes them in, it just reminded me very much of that. There was also like a fantasy feel to it, 
as well. Mm. Like I felt like this was the Hobbit being invited in or something. I, I don't know. I'm not a big Hobbit person. Yeah. So it could be. Okay. Yeah. 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 It might not be the best analogy, but um, it just makes me think of, and he is a littler I mean, he's an Ugnaught. So he's a, he's a smaller creature. Like he's a smaller species um, with this intimidating bounty hunter. And he just welcomes him into his home. Um, right. And what is, what is Quill's biggest concern? Just, he just wants the peace to be restored to his planet. Like there's an like to me, I just there's a, there's an inherent goodness to who Quill is as a character. Like he doesn't care about money. He doesn't you know what does he want from the Mando? Oh, just half of his take. A.K.A. I'd like to take one of the the Blurgs to you know domesticize and and you know yeah. use for those purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want your money because I trust that if the stories are true about who you about you Mandalorians. The the violence that exists on my planet now will go away, and that's all I want is peace to be restored. And I'm like, oh man, I love Quill. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I he's he's good. He is very good, and I have spoken. Um, yes. That's you know not only not only is that like sort of the the wise man saying, but it's also like I'm done talking about the subject, and so are you. Yep. Um, so it's like. <laughs> It's like, no, but, but we're done. This is that's the end of the discussion and you're going to listen to me. And he's old enough that he doesn't care if, you know, the Mandalorian has a problem with it or not. He's like, nope, I have spoken. That is it. <laughs> yes. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and there's like there's um, just such a dignity to that phrase. I have spoken. Right. Like, right. Th- this is my word and I stand by it. Right. Like there's just this ancient. um. Uh, oh, integrity to who he sure, is, right? Yeah. He stands yeah. by. He stands by what he says. Um, and how can you not get behind someone like that? Like that's cool. There's uh, and, an integrity the, to him the, that's attractive. Yeah. And the the weird thing about it is that the Mandalorian just sort of accepts it and he doesn't question it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Fine. We'll go with that. Um, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, if he was a different kind of character, he would push back. Be like, why? And, you know, yeah. but, but he doesn't, he's like, you know, he's, he's either knows that he's completely out of his element and he'll take the help he can get, or he's a more mature and deferential character than, than some of the other heroes that we've had, you know, in our other Star Wars stories. So, you know, yep. I, I'm still figuring out which, but you know, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, sorry, there's one more thing and then, and then I'm, and then I'm out, honestly. <laughs> uh, one more thing I got to talk about because I have to talk about this. I have to, if I don't, no one else will, honestly. Okay. One, I really hope that the baby Yoda is in fact a baby Yaddle. Just please. Can it just be a little girl Yoda? You know what I mean? Like, please, I really want that. I just, I don't know why it's oddly important to me. Just make it happen. Yeah. And then uh, with that in mind, where are all the ladies? Please, can there be more ladies in this show? Like Star Wars, I thought we were past this. I mean, mm-hmm. there was the one, the one Mandalorian, you know, woman, the right, the, the forger, forger. You know what I mean? But then, like, there was no reason why, like, the the blue bounty guy or any of the people in the pub could have been women. Uh, that speeder driver who gets eaten on the ice, you know, <laughs> no reason he couldn't have been a woman. No reason grief or the client or the doctor or Quill couldn't have been women. You know what I mean? We got like 12 new characters in this episode, uh, you know, just living their lives and none of them were women. Mm. Where are all the women? Star Wars, Star Wars. I really, really thought we were past this, but apparently not. 
So, um, so yeah, maybe, uh, maybe at least little baby Yoda could be a baby Yaddle. <laughs> if not, just show me more women in the background, living their lives, you know, driving their speeders, hanging out in pubs. I don't care. Just please star Wars. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All right. No, I just had to say it. Just had to say it. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I guess the hope could be it was just the first episode. So maybe that's going to mm-hmm. change. I mean, obviously, Cara Dune is going to be a central character to the story. Um, but, but like, to your point, Katie, like, one character is not enough. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I I I, I'm, I hope so too. I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at the IMDb uh, for this show, and uh, there's a uh, you know a there's a decent amount of women in the cast. I don't know how prevalent they're going to be, sure. but you know it's like you know I'm like okay, um, but yeah, it, it is an interesting point. You know there there was a lot of testosterone. Yeah, in this episode, I, you know, so the the people guarding the uh, you know little baby Yaddle. I'm just going to start calling her baby Yaddle until I'm proven wrong. Baby <laughs> Yaddle, <laughs> the the Nikto, those aliens. Some of them looked like they might have been kind of feminine, but if yeah. that's the strongest thing I can say, that's not great. You know, I just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I've I've got this thing going on loop you know as we're talking you know mm-hmm. just in the background and i've seen you know there's there's a lot of you know lady characters in the background too in in especially when you get to the mandalorian's home planet not necessarily the first planet they're on but mm-hmm. you know as they get off that planet there's a lot of you know lady characters there's some twi'leks and other i'm pretty sure the rodian that we saw in the bar where he was getting the job was a woman okay. um but, right. you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell with an alien that I'm not overly familiar <laughs> with. So, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I agree. A little bit more would be, would be, would be cool. It'd be cool. Yep. Yeah. That's all. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, I, I, Last I, thing I got to mention, and I don't have a lot to say yet because I haven't had time to sit with it, is the music. I'm a fan mm. of the music quite a bit in this show. So, yeah, so um, Ludwig Gorenson, is that how you say his name? Yeah. L- um, Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. Um yeah, he's he's done some like I don't know a ton of his music, but he's done some really eclectic stuff just in just re- like in recent years. Like he did the soundtrack for Black Panther. Um, he did my favorite thing he's done mainly because I like these movies so much is he did the, the scores for the two Creed movies that came out recently. Um, I love, mm-hmm. I love the way he honored the music of the old Rocky films, but also made it new. Um, he just, he's very diverse in his musical styles. And, um, I don't know if the two of you got a chance to listen to this. Um, but, uh, um, they had a, they had this on coffee with Kenobi from a panel it, it, that Disney did um, where they had all the creators for the show um, and specifically John Favreau and Dave Filoni had, you know, obviously lots of great things to say. And they talked a little bit about the music and made the point about how they wanted to try something new and different. And Dave Filoni mm-hmm. mentions how that was something important to George, even back in the Clone Wars. Um, so they were mm-hmm. really excited for what, you know, Ludwig um, was providing and, and I think so too. Like I, so it sounds like each week they're probably going to release like chapter music. So like it's like I I use Spotify on Spotify. It's just the Mandalorian chapter one original score. And uh, 
you know, a lot of the music is very like action based music, which is not my favorite kind of Star Wars music. I love like the melodies and the sweet songs. Like I'm, I'm going to cross the stars and Yoda's theme kind of person. So, um, <laughs> but there are some, like, it, like, it sounds like we are getting a Mandalorian theme. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. at the same time, like re- he's really playing with, you know, like a, a, a very, um, yeah, like listen to that. Like Ooh. this, this track is called Hey Mando. So, yeah. <gasps> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, but like, it sounds like a, I don't know, like an old flute or something, you know? Yeah, like like an, like an ethnic tribal flute. Exactly. Of some sort, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to sit down and listen to this more. Um, I While we were sitting here, I, I bought the, the thing off of iTunes for my iPod, so yeah. Dude, I'm just gonna... get Spotify. I'm so against, like, sorry. I don't get why people <laughs> buy an album. Like, you could spend 10 bucks a month and get everything you ever want all the time on Spotify. It's so much better. And you can download <laughs> things, like, so you don't have to worry about internet connection. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to be a jerk. I just, I don't get paying for one album when you can have all the albums. So <laughs> I should be a salesperson for Spotify because I just, I love it so much. And I think everything else is, is obsolete compared to it. So that's my Carl, very strong opinion. So Carl loves Spotify. The I, same love way. Spotify. I love robots who move in weird ways. Yeah. We all have our thing. Okay. We all, we yeah, all have like, our thing. Jason, I can go from like one second listening to something as cool as, you know, the Mandalorian score, which is just came out today. Um, wow. Spotify works really slow when I'm using GarageBand. So maybe that's one downside. But, you know, I can just jump between tracks like it's nothing like, oh, you want to listen to Mando? Oh, but what if you want something also great? Like, you know, like like this. I don't know. Good. What do you know? Anakin singing this to Padme. <laughs> yeah, on that uh, refugee ship. <laughs> Sorry. It's been ten years. It's been ten years since I've seen her, Master. Yes. She's been so far away. <laughs> I thought about her every day for ten years, and she's forgotten me completely. She's <laughs> a half of it. But then, but then Padme comes back, and she's like, "I loved you all along, and I missed you." Yes, and I forgive you <laughs> for being away for far too long. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! She needed to hear her say, yes. she loves him, and she loved him all along." Oh, that's the perfect song for Attack of the Clones, you guys. Yes. <laughs> oh. Gosh, I didn't think I, I could love that, that movie more. Just yeah, right. Know. Oh my gosh. I need to make an Attack of the Clones Nickelback AMV. That's just that's the next thing that needs to happen. <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> I didn't mean to like jump down here. That's awesome that you bought it because also yeah. those things are important too because when you purchase the album, it makes them want to keep making the albums. So yeah, good on you. And and honestly, I'm I'm still a bit of a, a luddite when it comes to digital music. Uh, I. I still have a separate iPod. I don't listen to all my podcasts on my phone. Um, you know, wow. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and that's probably why you know more than anything is I still use an iPod. 
But my okay. iTunes library is just so freaking big um, because there's a lot of CDs that I got from the library that uh, managed to get ripped and put on my iTunes back in the day. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else has all the all those albums? Spotify. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> I, if you were here, I'd throw my pen at you. They probably even have live versions of all those songs just because that's what they have. They have everything. So just saying. It's the best. Love it. Spotify. Get it. I don't even get a commission. So... <laughs> 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 oh, but the thing is, is I don't get, I don't buy a lot of stuff. So, you know. Yeah, but you listen to a lot of music and just think of all the great stuff you could have at your fingertips all the time. Sorry, did I say that enough? And you get Hulu with it too. Oh, what, what? <laughs> Perfect. So, just saying. Anyway, this anyway, episode is not anyway. brought to you by Spotify. Sadly, it should be, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! But no, sorry, you, you were talking about music, which is an amazing part of Star Wars. I, yeah, and honestly, I don't know if I have anything else to say because I haven't had a chance to really listen to the music uh, that much uh, since I watched the episode. So, uh, but I'm very excited to get more of it, and I think the theme is really turning out to be quite quite unique and really cool. So, um, I'm very excited about the music and looking forward to. Um, to what else we get from this show. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got for today. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I have, I, I don't have anything else to say. So, <laughs> um, I just, I really, really like it. And, and I, yeah, there's just so much, so much potential already. Um, so yeah, looking forward to chapter two on Friday. You know, yes, it's going to be pretty great. Um, and then I do like that. It'll continue every Friday, which I think just makes it so much easier, um, mm-hmm. you know, for folks that work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be great. And it, it and I, I like that it's, will then go to the weekly release. Like as much as, you know, there is obviously a part of me that wishes I could just sit down tonight and binge it the whole thing. I'm also mm-hmm. really glad that I can't. Right. Because like I don't think we could have a you can't have a conversation like this. Like we just talked about a, you know, 38 minute episode in an hour um, because (laughs) that's all we had, you know. And and again, like I certainly love a good binge. You can't have these conversations with a binge. Right. You know what I mean? So like you don't get to pick up on all those like subtleties, the the little nuances and the the little background Easter eggs that that go into a, a Star Wars creative project. So. I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm just really stoked. So anyway, can I, Ooh, so obviously real quick, just last thoughts for, for the show. Um, just very excited to have Disney plus now, right? All the star Wars content kind of at our fingertips is pretty great. Um, you know, but I would, I, I'll say the one thing I was kind of bummed with, cause I thought we were getting, cause I thought we were also going to get season two of resistance, but maybe they're going to wait till the whole season's done. Cause I was looking forward to like catching up, but it's, it's only se- the only season that's on there is season one. So unless it's updated yeah. since I've checked this morning, but um, I guess that could make sense that they want people to have the channel for now and then they'll put it on the app when it's done. I don't do, do the two of you know anything about that. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, yeah. it's fine. I'm, Again, like I've I've re- I really enjoyed Rebels, but I'm not like pining for it. Like if I have to wait till it's done, and then you know that's a show that I like. I'll, I'm t- 
totally cool binging. <laughs> um, but, Resist, uh, resistance, you mean? Yeah, resistance. So, yeah. But anywho, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's finally here. Yes. Our our kickoff, our 2019 end of the year Star Wars uh, extravaganza has been officially kicked off now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely has. Uh, I just want to go listen to Nickelback and watch Mandalorian. I can't. Oh, let's do it. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> All right. Oh, but before gosh. we do that, we have a really fun matchup uh, that Katie came up with this week. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Katie, you wanna you wanna drop it on us who yes. we we're pitting against each other for next week? Yes, come with me to the playground. We can trade some Pokemon cards and talk about who would win in a fight <laughs> between IG Eleven and K Two S O. Who would win? So who takes good. it? It's so good. It's so good. I <laughs> I love this matchup so much. <laughs> Just keep in mind, IG-11 cannot be captured. <laughs> he must self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, don't. <laughs> don't. Stop. Wait a Stop it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm very excited to see what people say about this matchup. And Carl... If people want to weigh in on the matchup or want to weigh in on on anything that they want to talk about from uh, The Mandalorian, where can they do that? Um, you can interact with us over on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, we're also on Facebook, Wampas Lair Podcast. And you can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. And Katie, if folks want to continue with you and Cub and Wolf, I think that's right, <laughs> um, in the Twitter world, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Poe Hot Dameron. Yes. Uh, do that. Anything else you got to say before we close down this episode? I have spoken. Nah. I have spoken. I have Excellent. Spoken. <laughs> uh, so thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. It's been episode number 358. The Mandalorian has spoken. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.